The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, gambling, and daily fantasy. We are proud partners of the the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, We are also found on Podcast One, if that's where you like to stream podcasts as well. You are listening, as usual, to Sean and Brad. Brad, what's going on, buddy? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing all right. So you texted me. um, We were texting back and forth, figuring out when we were going to record this episode this week. And you, my friend, let me know that Tiger Woods was in the lead at the Masters. Yes, dude. That was incredible, wasn't it? That was uh, quite a uh, quite a run. Now, I can't remember what I'm on the record um, as saying, but I I feel strongly if there's tape out of there of, of me saying this, you know, shame on me. But I feel very strongly that I was on the side of Tiger being able to win a major sometime in his life. You know, again, because there are so many people that were just coming out and saying he's done. This is golf, right? Like, and it's Tiger, so he knows how to win. And this is a this is a sport where we routinely see people in their 40s win tournaments. So to me, it wasn't outside the the realm of possibility that he was going to be able to get at least one major. Right? Just the stars had to align. That's all. Yeah, I hear that, but uh, I think I did go on record, whether it was here or with anyone else, as saying, you know, I think it had been what 12 years, 10 years since he'd won one. Yeah. Uh, right. And I, I just didn't think it was ever going to happen again. And it was like all the news was always about Tiger, 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 Tiger. And it was like, man, this was a decade ago. We're like a, <laughs> an ex-boyfriend that can't get over some chick. You know, <laughs> stop talking about that chick, man. It's forever ago. I didn't think it was ever going to return. Yeah, I, I, the reason the the one thing that sticks out in my mind is I don't know how long ago it was. Maybe it was a decade ago. I can't remember. I seem to I seem to remember I was playing. I was actually playing golf at a course in Florida, and I might have still lived there. So it might have been about ten years ago. But I remember Tom Watson was at a major. I don't know if it was Augusta. I don't know if it was the you know the British Open or one of those, but he was like in the hunt and if he wasn't winning, he was like in the final group going into the last day and he was like in his 60s. And I'm like, okay, if Tom Watson like I know and he was a former champion, right? Like he he's won a fair amount of majors. If he can do it in his 60s, Tiger Woods has got to be able to string it together. For me it was like um the, what I would uh, have argued against is that there are a bunch of players now who, like you said, Brad, are used to Tiger Woods, like the the stories of Tiger Woods 10, 12 years ago or whatever it was. And so, you know, I feel like Tiger got a lot of his wins and a lot of his major victories, like just watching other people crumble. You yeah, know? yeah, that's a part of it. I, I hear you. And so I thought, you know, that aspect of Tiger Woods getting an easy major I felt like it was more likely that that was gone because there would be like a Rory McIlroy or um or Spieth or whoever like uh, Phil Mickelson like one of these guys that you know are very capable of staring Tiger down you know and not getting intimidated I thought that was going to be the hard part and we saw that I think in a major last year I don't, I don't know if it was U.S. Open or what but he went into Sunday and I think he actually held the lead for a hole or two and then Tiger Tiger crumbled at the end. Right, right. And it's because, like, the other golfers, you know, they're not, 
you know, they've never had to like face the dominance, um, or at least a lot of the younger guys. So they don't really know about like Tiger on Sunday, and sure, you don't see sure. guys like giving up five stroke leads on Sunday anymore. Like Tiger, you know, Tiger would shoot a one under and then win by three. You know, it like you don't get that anymore. But what we saw on um, on Sunday. Uh, at the Masters was we saw guys start to crumble. Like I, I yeah. think there was like hole twelve. They were saying like a bunch of people double bogeyed. Um, a guy Molinari or whatever his name is in the final group double bogeyed twice, and you know that happens. Uh, and yeah. what we also didn't see is in the final group we didn't see like a guy that was like a Spieth or a guy that had already won and, and had that mental makeup. So it was like Tiger was able to stay patient and play his game. He gave him a little padding. He even he even bogeyed the last hole because he had some uh, some thing because the you know the guy in the former group missed the putt. Right. You know, you know the, the field game back to him, and he strung it together, and he was able to stay healthy. And then another thing, Brad, I don't know if you caught this, but I guess he's waking up at like 3.45 or 3.15 in the morning. I did hear that, out. yeah. I did hear that, yeah. yeah. So he's playing through injury, basically. Yeah, and because his back, I think, is just going to be torqued up for, you know— for the rest of his life because he wasn't good enough to it um, when he was younger. So there's here's a lesson, and I'm living it now in my late 30s. Um, you know, all you young bucks out there that like like to do you know you know play sports and you know work out and all this stuff, take care of your body, man. Take that one day a week to do yep. yoga or something. It it pays so much dividends down the line. Anyway, what do you do, man? How how often do you, you're a workout guy? How how often a week do you stretch? Is it once a week? Do you have a mobility day? Uh, no, I never stretch, but, uh, I do yoga sometimes, but I should be stretching. You know, we all should be every single day, you know, I tell wake you what, up, breathe, stretch. I mean, but I, I'll be honest, I never do it. Uh, I probably pay the price. I, I have to, because like my body will lock up. I'm like the tin man, um, stretching. Yeah. While I got to, but you know, I, um, I told the story on functional sports I'm sure I'll probably get into it this week. Um, on the same topic when we're talking about tiger, but um, you know, there was, uh, there was a period where I was doing CrossFit and I was, um, you know, I, I hadn't faced any injuries there. I was in pretty decent shape, you know, certainly my muscles and, you know, my body fat was dropping and all that, all the good stuff that's supposed to be happening ha was happening, but I couldn't go downstairs. Like I had a two story mm. house. I couldn't go downstairs. My knees felt like they were going to burst. And Ooh. so I had to wear like compression, um, for, I don't know, like six months straight until my knees got to the point where the joints weren't as, as swollen as they were. Um, so yeah, take care of that. And I, I was today, like earlier today, I was uh, laying mulch. Um, not a sponsor, but Lowe's was running their, uh, I don't know, their spring Black Friday sale or whatever it was. So we, my wife and I went and just bought a ton of mulch and I moved mm. it all around the, the yard and my, my hand feels like it's going to fall off. Like I have like, I think arthritic knuckles are coming in or something. It's brutal. Yeah, you know, I don't have to worry about that stuff because besides besides my workout, I have the lowest amount of physical activity of any human ever exists. There's no ever manual labor. I ride elevators to my place. There's never anything I ever have to do. So if I didn't get that workout in, I would probably be about 300 pounds. Yeah. So I'm good to go. Yeah, good for you. Uh, well, let's swing into to football, the real uh, the real conversation today. Um, so before we get started, actually, it's actually really great timing because I wanted to talk about uh, last year's NFC West, um, you know, the 2018 NFC West. Now, I know this is going to drop on Wednesday. Um, the schedule for me and Brad, it's not out. It comes out for me and Brad in our world. This is a Tuesday where we're recording. So we'll talk about the schedule next week. Um, and, uh, you know, any, any insights, you know, look at like Monday night football. We'll talk a little bit about the draft too, because that'll be, I think the last episode before the NFL draft, if I'm not mistaken. 
or maybe there's going to be another one. I don't know. Uh, but so uh, this is the last episode of the 2018 divisional reviews. Um, but before we get going, every everywhere there is there is a piece of NFC West news. Russell Wilson got his extension, man. Brad, have you seen the numbers on that? Wow, I have not seen the numbers. Lay them on me. Four years. It's more than Aaron Rodgers. It's four years. It's uh, I believe 140 million. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I think it's uh, if the guarantee. I, forgive me. I think it's 57 and a half million. So it's it's the highest total. It's the highest average. It's the highest guaranteed money. And you know I'm looking back and I'm seeing Russell Wilson now is a 35 million dollar per year quarterback over four mm. years. No trade clause, which is you know they're not going to trade him anyway. And I, I don't I don't even know what the salary cap would do. <laughs> you know, I mean certainly they're not going to be able to trade him and, and take thirty five million dollars of dead money or whatever the number would be. But no trade clause there. Um, Russell Wilson now the highest paid player in the NFL, highest paid quarterback exceeds Aaron Rodgers' value, which I don't I don't disagree with necessarily. Brad, what do you think about? Yeah, it? yeah, you know I don't disagree with it. I mean. Did you have to make him the highest paid in the league? I mean, couldn't you have gave him a few less per year? Probably. I, you know, he's amazing. He's he's right up there. But um, good for him. I don't know if he if he deserves all that. But it's not the most shocking thing I've ever come across. Yeah, I guess it goes back to the argument, right? Deserve. What does deserve mean? Um, does anybody deserve thirty five million to play um, per season to play football? Um, I don't know, but then do the owners deserve all that money that they get to, you know, deserve, deserve, but I'll say this, you know, the, the, the quarterback market has kind of just surged as the NFL sport has surged and the salary cap has surged, mm-hmm. ah, man, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard. You know, we saw last year, we saw cousins get, I think it was 27 a year for over three years and neither one of us, Brad, neither one of us liked it, but I think we both understood why they did it. Um, well, I'll never understand that. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess you could say what else are you going to do, but come on, man. I, I mean, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, this is... That's true. You know, these are these are different people. Yeah, so like, I, I guess if you were Minnesota, right, if you're the Vikings, Brad, you were the GM of the Vikings, would you trade um, Kirk Cousins plus $8 million of salary cap space for Russell Wilson? I think obviously you would, right? You would do that, right. Yeah. Right. So so maybe Seattle's thinking, well, we don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we're paying some guy who's not even close to being as good a lot of money. Right. You may find yourself in that that Kirk Cousins that, area. That is a great I hadn't thought about that. That's a great point, because you look at Jacksonville this year. They got Foles, right? Super Bowl winning quarterback. They gave him some good money. But then you look at, at the other teams. You have the Broncos trading for Flacco um, and extending him. You have the Redskins right. trading for Case Keenum. Um, you have all these teams that are basically that your your choice if you're looking for a quarterback is to either trade three or four first round draft picks to move up to get a quarterback, yeah, or pay through the nose to keep a quarterback. And we all know what Russell Wilson can do on the field, right? So you know, but then the other side of it, you know, the the thing that gives me pause is like, you know, Seattle hasn't won a Super Bowl since they extended Wilson the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then the other model, and I think is it, is it Nick Wright on Fox that always says, you know, the, the two models doing the Super Bowl, it's the dominating quarterback or it's the team that has a reasonably priced quarterback and dominant everything else. Yes. Right. Right. And, right. And so like when you get up to 35 million, you know, that's when I start to think like, are, are we at the point, even if you have a dominant quarterback where it's untenable for the organization? Well, well I mean, you, you got to have a, 
it's going to hurt them if they don't have any other talent. I mean, he's going to yeah. be, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan didn't win anything until they got those other guys, you know, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, et cetera, right? I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. So well, I mean, you can look to you can risk. look you can look to your Packers. Yeah, right, right. They're paying paying Aaron a whole bunch, and there's not a whole lot of room. So then you got you got rookies uh, on the defense who not only aren't as good, but they miss assignments, and they're just not as bright either. You know, because they're not as experienced. And we we talked last week a little bit about how we we both disagreed that uh, you know with the Packers in releasing Jordy Nelson, um, and that was you know part age and part salary cap. Right. Right. So that's a tough one, man. Like I I I don't um you know the Seahawks. You know I I think I think you got to pay the money, and in two or three years when the salary cap continues to increase, um you know maybe it won't be as bad. And once you start to see guys like Oh, I don't know. When Cousins comes up for contract again in another two years, and he gets thirty million, it's not going to look as bad, you know. Right, right. And and let's be real here. Um, you know the 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 Seahawks without Russell Wilson, um, they're probably a five hundred team, and I'm not exaggerating when I say maybe that. not even that. Yeah. So I mean, the guy is a wizard. Um, he's infuriating to watch as, as a as a team as a guy who me personally I'm speaking about as a guy who likes to root against Seattle I it, it infuriates me um, right. to see him I running know. around Dude, and getting away both. with what he's getting away with but he's damn good you know he's damn good so he's so damn good man yeah so I I don't know man like Seattle I I I, I don't think they're gonna win any Super Bowls with this contract set up because I think they need to be valuable everywhere else just like I think um and I don't think that Russell Wilson is as, let's say, um, dominant as Aaron Rodgers was maybe two or three years ago. I don't know right, what Aaron Rodgers right. is anymore, though. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? I mean, he's playing through injuries. He can, he's having a hard time staying on the field. I mean, uh, the guy, I mean, he's had a bad year last year, right? Bad. Mm-hmm. 25 touchdowns, two picks, something like that. That's a yeah. bad year. You know, yeah, yeah and, right, right, right. So it's like, is he the same guy? We don't know. It was just a really, really terrible season. So right, it's it is tough to say. Is he the same guy? It's it's hard to say. Yeah, um, I don't know. And I'm looking. So like coming down the pipeline now, I don't. I think Ryan already got his extension, his other extension. Um, you're gonna have Jared Goff. I think is the next big young guy to get an extension. Um, and you're seeing, you're seeing, by the way, yeah. um, Russell Wilson getting four years, by the way, is interesting to me too, because I mean, he's a known entity, right? But he doesn't get that seven year contract because the team, I think the team understands, Hey, we're, we're paying through the nose here. We're just going to do that. And Russell Wilson on his side says, Hey dude, like I'm going to be in my lower thirties when this contract's done. I'll, I'll, right. I'll take another 140 million. Fine. You know? So, interesting situation. I don't really have an opinion on it one way or another. Um, like I said, if I'm Seattle, I do the deal. If I'm Russell Wilson, I do the deal. So, you know, kumbaya, great for them. I don't think that Seattle's going to win a Super Bowl, but, you know, who the hell knows, right? Well, I hope you're right, my man. Yeah, that's right. Rev up your engines. Adam Carolla is teaming up with Podcast One to bring you Going Racing, your new favorite high-speed racing podcast. Get ready, set, and go. Download new episodes of Going every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
All right, well, let's talk about the uh, 2018 um, NFC West. Um, we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think we're going to talk too long about these guys because they are brutal to watch last yeah, year. Yeah, right. I tried to avoid them, and, like, you know, I do, Brad, you know, uh, with the with the book, and by the way, everybody, just a little plug here, um, the 2018 Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide, I think it's probably going to hit shelves in, like, the next three weeks. I've been waiting nice. on the NFL schedule to be released so that my, I could run my projections fresh. Um, so I should probably have the projections done um, by the weekend. And then it's really just about kind of commenting on what the projections and everything are. So that's coming up. Um, I'll let everybody know when I put it on sale. It's going to be an early bird kind of special kind of thing. As uh, as is always the case, we do free updates throughout the, uh, the uh, off season, And we might do updates throughout the NFL season too. I haven't really decided yet. But either way... There's no hurt in, in, in buying it early, um, and I am going to offer it at a discount, so it's actually better if you awesome. do that. Anyway, um, so yeah, the, the, the Cardinals, um, you know, I was watching Josh Rosen a lot last year because I wanted to know what he was as a quarterback. Um, as I've been saying throughout this kind of this review, um, I'm always against defensive-minded head coach with young rookie quarterback. So Josh Rosen, you know, he was not in a position uh, to succeed, in my opinion, with his coaching staff, uh, but... You know, I don't think that the uh, the organization, like I was saying, I, I don't think that they were expecting to get him. But Brad, I'm just going to read you through. I mean, this is like, this is like rookie quarterback in the '60s type numbers, man. It was nah. three and ten, uh, three hundred ninety three attempts. So what is that? It's basically thirty attempts per game at a quarterback. Yeah. It's attempts, not completions. Fifty five percent completion. Fifty five. I haven't seen a number Ooh. that low in a long time. Ooh, um, that's bad. Bad. Uh, 2,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, 14 picks. Now, regardless, right, regardless of whether or not you're set up to succeed, and we, we talked a little bit about Jared Goff, and we'll talk about him, I guess, um, as we, we hit get to the Rams, but, you know, Jared Goff was a quote-unquote was a bust um, with Jeff Fisher, and then McVay comes in, and then you see what he can do. Josh, uh, uh, Jared Goff was not, I don't think, this epically bad. I'll have to look him mm-hmm. up. I don't think Man. so either. 11 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. I can actually excuse those numbers given the system and and the you know they they fired their offensive coordinator in the middle of the year. They they switched the offense over to um to Leftwich to to call the plays and it, things did seem to get a little better there. But man, 55%. It's hard for me to get over that. Yeah, that is just terrible, man. I mean Oh, I mean they have Larry 55% with Fitzgerald. I mean, was he injured or Oh man, Brad. So check this out. So I, I, uh, Fitzgerald. No, I don't think he was. I don't think he was injured. I just think he was on a bad offense. But I was talking well, about. I mean, you have such a dominant guy on the outside, and you know, usually that frees things up. Not only that, but they had uh, Christian Kirk too, who was kind of emerging as as a young guy. And Christian Kirk actually, I think, was the best in terms of fantasy. Was probably the best receiver to own there for a while. Um, he played in, let's see, he started seven games, played in 12, started seven, 68 targets, 43 uh, receptions, 590 yards, three touchdowns. But he was actually, I think he probably had the best chemistry with Rosen. Whereas you look at uh, Fitzgerald, he was targeted 112 times, but only caught 69 passes. E-e-e. Yeah. Terrible. Right? So, you know, if that's Drew Brees, for instance, throwing to him, that's targeted 112 times, catching 100 passes, right? Right, right. That's... Um, exactly. That's that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. And you got Seals Jones, who I think is probably going to be non-existent in the uh, in the um, Fitz uh, not Fitz uh, Kingsbury um, offense. Cliff Clavin, uh, his offense. Uh, he got you know seventy targets, but you you get in a situation where you get in a bunch of receivers that get a lot of targets and no catches, 
And, um, you know, Rosen... Rosen just wasn't getting the ball, and I know there's a lot of a lot of um, reasons for that, right? Not excuses, but reasons like you know protections breaking down, um, him being young and not getting through his progressions. I liked what I saw in the preseason. I did not like what I saw in the regular season. And Brad, I did pull up Jared Goff's rookie stats just to take a look mm. at this. Zero and seven as a quarterback as a starter. Mm. Um, so he only played seven games, two hundred attempts. So that's right about that twenty nine to thirty. Fifty-four point six completion percentage mm, in his mm, rookie year. Wow. Then, then in the McVeigh year, eleven and four as a quarterback, four hundred and seventy-seven um, um, attempts, sixty-two point one percent completion, and it's up to sixty-four point nine percent last year. So there's a little golf teaser for you, but that makes me feel a little better about the team. Yeah. You know, if offensive-minded okay. head coach played to play to Rosen's strengths, maybe it'll work out. Yeah, you know, there's potential. I mean, you gotta. I think. You got to take it with a grain of salt. It's the first year. It's a bad team. That doesn't mean you can't be good, like we've seen with Goff, right? Mm. Now, granted, Goff just played on a team with incredible talent, right? Yes. So, how much of that was Goff? I don't know. And a great play caller, too. Right, right, exactly. So I've seen, uh, we talked about Rosen a little bit last week when we were talking about the Chargers, um, and the Chargers are exploring. Um, you know, trading for Rosen because you know it's going to be Murray. As we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, it's going to be Murray there. It's got to be. Um, he's a great fit for Kingsbury's offense, at least in terms of the style of play. I, Brad, you and I both have reservations about his ability to stay healthy in the NFL. Right. But, right. you know, if he's more Russell Wilson than he is RG3, meaning he can slide and throw the ball away instead of take hits, then, uh, you know, then it could work out. Sure. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, the the team was bad, and I think for me, Brad, for my money, Arizona they went the wrong direction, and I predicted this in the manual last year, and in fantasy circles, I I David Johnson to me was like the plague. He may he may as well have had Ebola. I was avo- I was avoiding him everywhere because I did not like this offense. I did not like the fact that uh, you know David Johnson was going to be playing basically a rookie quarterback. And so the teams are going to be stacking the line. So I just was worried to begin with. But let me read you his stat line. This is David Johnson, mind you. Um, 258 attempts, rushes, total for the season, 250. Uh, 940 yards, seven touchdowns. On the receiving side, because you know they like to use him out of the backfield, only 76 targets, 50 receptions, 446 yards, and three touchdowns. They just didn't Mm. use him. Right, right. Well, the whole thing was definitely off, you know, and it might be the kind of thing where – I don't know what their record was for the first eight games, but maybe it was one and seven or two and six, and and nobody was into it. And then you get that kind of attitude, and it just kind of steamrolls. And football's the type of sport where if everyone is not playing at a hundred percent and believing they can win, it they're not going to win. It's just not possible, you know. And maybe that happened. I don't know. It's just it's hard to get momentum back on a bad team sometimes. Yeah, they were two and six uh, to answer your question. They finished three and thirteen, so they were two and six in the first half, one and seven in the back half. But All right, the, right. But the offense, once they you know changed um, changed coordinators and they put the ball or they put the play calling back in Leftwich's hands and um, and Leftwich used. David Johnson, his, David Johnson's numbers were much worse to begin the year. Let me say that. And, you know, I'm looking at the offense. You know, they were putting up, they put up 24, 9, 14. I mean, not great numbers, but, you know, I think they were doing a little bit better on offense. You know, a couple 300-yard games here and there. Um, gosh, man, what a 
What a crap team. Let's just move it on. Yeah. Depressing yeah. even talking about it. But I do think I do think things are looking up for Arizona. So it's not all bad for for you Cardinals fans. And I, I am excited to watch what Kingsbury does there. Yahoo is getting in on everybody's favorite game of skill. Daily fantasy is going to be big this year with plenty of time to get in on the NBA action. Baseball is right around the corner and golf is in full swing. Get everybody's swing. It's the perfect time to start playing Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Never played Daily Fantasy before? Uh, I Certainly Brad and I have been on it, so we can be your guide uh, as we talk about week to week here. But Yahoo, as you covered, unlike those other Daily Fantasy sites that let users enter 150 different lineups in their biggest contest, which, by the way, that really sucks because when these experts add those 150 different lineups, that hurts your chances to win. Yahoo has a 10-entry max, which is awesome. That's why I love it. That means better chances for you to win the big contests. You can also try their daily no-management fee contests. Management fee refers to the amount of money the sites take to run the contest. As a result of contests uh, with no management fee, have fewer entries with the same amount of prizes. So that's always a good thing as well. Sign up today on uh, at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Once again, that's yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Or by downloading the Yahoo Fantasy app, that's my preferred way to do it. Get $25 in free play. This is important, everybody. I'm going to give you a promo code here. Uh, get $25 in free play when you make your first deposit using promo code POD25. That's P-O-D-25. The numbers two and five. No waiting uh, on the bonus. You can also use it immediately to enter contests. The minimum deposit is only five bucks, and the promo code, once again, everybody, is POD25. All right, let's look here. So we got the Rams, um, Super Bowl, Super Bowl representatives. Um, probably shouldn't have been, um, given that passing yeah. interference that wasn't. Right. But 13-3, and three, they put themselves in the position. They got lucky um, at the end of the game there. Um, they started, Brad, they started off so hot, 8-0. Um, but they, I, I think actually we were talking on the podcast in the middle of the season or maybe a week around like week 12, week 13. And I compared them to that Packers team that started like 11-0 or 11 and 0 or whatever they did. Right, and then right. teams just started kind of getting them and playing a little bit tougher. So they started 8-0, and they finished 5-3, um, and three, which is still a playoff caliber team. But Well, you know, I think that the, the NFL season is like four, possibly two seasons in one, right? It's, right. They're actually shorter from that standpoint. And if, you, if you're hot as hell for eight weeks, who's to say that you're going to be that hot the last eight weeks it's mm-hmm. almost impossible to do because teams peak you have to peak at the right time you know like we saw the packers of 2010 like we saw the giants the steelers before them if you can manage to peak later on that's going to equal a super bowl run right it's very difficult to play at such a high level mm-hmm. um throughout the course of the season which is why the patriots are so good because they're so damn smart and meticulous that they don't have to be playing their best football physically because situationally they're always going to be better. That they can control. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, absolutely. And the Patriots the Patriots do a great job of, and by the way, for listeners, um, we're not sycophants here. Brad and I both hate the Patriots too. Uh, we're equal opportunity haters, but we do give credit where credit is due. And the Patriots do a fantastic job of not caring about the pre, uh, the regular season. Like They do, and, and especially the first four weeks. It's like they're willing to... I don't know, not forfeit a game, but use a game to figure out what they're really good at or something like that, right? And mm-hmm. and they'll lose week two in Miami, and it's not like – it's not the end of the world. It doesn't matter. How many times have they started two and two, right. you know? And it's just they don't have to be hot. They just figure out what works best for them with the guys they have. 
Yeah, and they'll start two and two next year, and we're going to hear about how Brady's over the hill and Belichick, and they're you know we're going to hear the same damn narrative that we've been hearing for the last right. twelve years now, right. and it, it's just insane. And um, and you you're exactly right, man. Like they don't care. And when they when they're when they have a team that starts like four and zero or three and one, that's a team that's going to go fourteen and two. Right, because exactly. they always they always like own December and January, and they always are playing towards that. And I say that, um, you know, I make the the the, the same uh, argument. I think, and Brad, when you were on um, Functional Sportsaholic, we were talking about the Houston Rockets, and I was saying, hey man, you know, I kind of like Houston a little bit more this year because Houston has not been as as concerned about winning sixty or sixty five games or something. They're not out there trying to win the number one seed. They're out there knowing that they're going to have to deal with the Warriors in the playoffs. Right. So they're, you know, they're they're resting a little bit more where they have to rest. Now I know Harden went nuts um you know in the middle of the season there, but you know they they're they're just not as concerned about that. Now I'd look I take a look at a at a team like Oklahoma City. That to me is a team that's all about the regular season. Right. You know? Right. They have no off switch. They they're they're insecure. They got to they got to play their ass off just to win 60 games, you know, to prove something. But but let me say this, back to the Rams, back to the Patriots. You know, the Rams, they were a high-flying team, and they were, quote, hot, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley running for 120 yards, two touchdowns, they're on fire, right? Like, just big plays. Okay, but let me ask you something. What happens when somebody takes Todd Gurley away, and you have 60 yes large uh, yards from him during yep. the game? Now mm-hmm. what do you got? All of a sudden, you're not so hot, and you're losing. Right. Yeah, and then another under for the Rams, another underrated injury in my opinion was Cooper Cup um, right, going out for the right. year. Their slot guy, I really think they needed him. But that to me kind of speaks to to something I've been critical of the Rams over the last two or three years is like McVay. What I know about McVay, um, you know, having followed the Redskins for so many years, and I knew a lot about him prior to him taking the job um, with the Rams. I know that he comes from, you know, the 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 Shanahan and the Gruden system of offense, right? Like he, he those are two very well-respected offenses in the NFL community. And both of those offenses utilize the tight end position. So when he got to LA, I thought, man, like the Rams, you know, what they're missing, they have so many pieces and after they went on their spending spree last year, I thought, man, they have so many pieces here. But they need a tight end. They need to upgrade there. And when Cooper went out, when Cooper Cup went out, they didn't have anybody to run those like little um, you know seam routes that they like to run in that system. You know the little play action seam route that Gurley just opens up that hole behind the linebackers and, right. and below the safeties. They didn't have anybody running like that Jordan Reed signature flag route where he's just like running you know like fake the seam and then bust out to to the sideline and get like twenty yards or thirty yards on a completion. They don't have that guy. And, you know, to me, it was a little bit, and maybe this is what you're getting to, Brad, they didn't have the depth there, and suddenly it's it's Brandon Cooks and it's Robert Woods trying to beat the Patriots and the um, the Saints in the, in the championship in the Super Bowl, and they, right. they were running into issues there. You know, and, and they didn't have the depth, okay? So that, that happens. You lose firepower, and you kind of lose your way. You know, that being said, they did go toe-to-toe with the Saints, so... I, you know, I think that next year could be every bit as beneficial for them. Although it is difficult to play really, really good for two years straight, as we've seen. But I think there's there's high hopes for them still. Yep. Um, I'm going to quickly read you the stats. So you're talking about Gurley and how dominant he was. 1,251 yards, 17 touchdowns, 59 receptions, 580 mm. yards, four touchdowns, mm. 21 total touchdowns for Todd Gurley. That hurts, man. 
<laughs> that hurts. When yeah, he's, when he's yeah, that hurts when he's not in there. And, but the weirdest thing was they didn't disclose it, which doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what that was about. Everyone was kind of like, "What is wrong with Todd Gurley?" And they didn't say. I don't even know that was allowed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's if he's on the injury report, I guess it's allowed. And he did, you know. I mean, he did play in those games. Just you know, it just wasn't him, you know. Yeah, he's on the sideline riding the bike, and I don't know. The whole thing was kind of goofy. Yeah, it wasn't a good look for him, I don't think. Um, Right, right, or the team. I mean, the guy's injured, he's injured. I mean, we see it every day. I mean, I don't understand the ambiguity, you know, or the ambiguity. I forget that word. (laughs) I should just stay in my lane. I don't don't understand the confusion, you know. Like, what, what was that? That was bizarre. And another thing, just at a higher level, I, you know, I'm not in love with Brandon Cooks as a receiver. Um, I know they extended him, so he's there for the long haul. But I don't know, man. He just didn't get it done. You have, right. I, I think he's more of a product of the offense at this point because, like, who was Robert Woods when he was in Buffalo? You know, who was he? Right? Sure, sure. Who would he and be? That, that happens. Who would he be if he goes to, I don't know, Tennessee or something like that? I, I don't know. I, I think they could have done better there. I'm looking at uh, – so their their numbers are really good. It's 130 targets for Woods, 117 for Cooks, um, 86 receptions versus 80. Uh, and they were both at 1,200, 1,219 and 1,204. But touchdowns, six touchdowns, five touchdowns, which basically means that they're handing the ball off to Gurley in the red zone quite a bit. Right, right, for sure, which is a wise decision. Yeah, and then I'll read you Cooper Cup's numbers now. In eight games, he had six touchdowns. So he was on a, he was on pace mm. to get double the touchdowns of those guys if he played a full season. And two of those Cooper Cup games, by the way, were ended very early with injury. So he really played six quality games. Um, 55 targets, 40 receptions. So he was on uh, on a pace for about 110 and 80, um, and right about that 1,200. So they could have had, th- they could have had three 1,200-yard receivers last year. Oh, my year. God, insanity. Uh, with Gurley, man, that's, uh, it's going to be potent. I think that uh, you know the, the Rams are going to have uh, something to say. I know they got poached a little bit in free agency, uh, but their championship window, I think, is still alive and strong, especially um, as uh, golf is still playing out his rookie, com- you know, his rookie deal. Right. Um, okay, let's move it to San Francisco. We'll just keep it alphabetical here. You know, San Francisco, their season got derailed, man. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got injured in the third game. Uh, one and two as a starter, although I, I think he did play that full third game. He wasn't looking great to begin the season, but, you know, I didn't, I wasn't super concerned. He was 59.6% passing, which is surprising. 718 yards in three games. Uh, the only three touchdowns. Um, oh, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. It's five touchdowns and three interceptions. You know, I think they were going to get things going there. But, you know, the 49ers are a team that lost. Um, they lost Garoppolo, which is the big one. Um, then they lost C.J. Beathard, and they, they went to Nick Mullins for half the season, which Mullins didn't look bad, by the way. Um, yeah, right. I've seen worse. Uh, let me look at Mullins. They're probably going to end up trading this guy, you know, for like a fifth-round pick or something like that, mm-hmm. or maybe something better. But Mullins was, first of all, he had an insane Monday night football game, or maybe it was Sunday night football or Thursday or something. But he had an insane, like, debut and went for like, Green Bay. Yeah, or, oh, everybody was going off on Green Bay last year, though. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But he was like over 300 yards, three touchdowns. He, he was like, he was a monster. But uh, but seriously, so Mullins, eight games. Um, let's see, 274 attempts. So he was over 30 attempts a game. 64.2% completion percentage. This is the third-string quarterback. Not bad. 2,200 yeah. yards. His touchdown to interception, 13 versus 10. Touchdown to interception ratio. So mm. 1.3 to 1, not the best, but again, you're talking about the third string quarterback playing for half a season. Right. Pretty, his quarterback rating was 90.8, dude. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. 
The Redskins should have tried to trade for that guy. Oh, shit. You wouldn't have to give him Kirk Cousins money, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. Um, then I'm looking at, um, so their their skill players, man, they were just like a who's who of injury. So first of all, their, their projected starting running back, Jerick McKinnon, I think he blew his knee out before the, to start the year. So you had Matt Breida. He was kind of injured. He had an ankle injury, although he did end up playing in 14 games. Uh, you had this guy, Mo, uh, Mostert, he, he was playing. Uh, like I said, C.J. Beather got hurt. Um, the receivers, uh, Marquise Goodwin only played in 11 games. Um, um, Pierre Garçon only played in eight games. Those are their top two. So they're talking about every single skill player on their team got hurt at some point. Dante Pettis, the rookie who looked pretty good at the end of the year, only played in 12 games. Um, everybody got injured on this team from, from a skill player point of view. And, you know, they were still kind of a feisty team. I don't think they had a great record, but I think they're a better team in terms of talent than their record portrayed. They were 4-2 and two to end the year, Brad. Well, I think, you know, with, with Garofalo coming back, I think that there's high hopes, man. I, I like him. I watched uh, the first game. They played the Vikings, and he was great, man. And, you know, what I see from him, not that I'm some expert, but you can tell that some of these guys, the game is too big for them. And mm-hmm. that is not the case for Garoppolo. He deserves to be out there. He's every bit as good as the other guys. And I think he's got everything it takes. If he can just stay focused and not go out to eat with porn stars, I think <laughs> that will go a long way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was um, not the not the best look, I don't think. That was Mr. bizarre. It was what bizarre. What are you doing? Yeah, I think he learned his lesson. It's not there. even stupid. It's bizarre. Yeah, well, he had a good night, I'm sure. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Night of his life. You like you like you into girls like that, Sean? That, that girl disgusts me. No, not at all. Me? Right? Seriously, I mean, I find no. That to be so gross. I do. I, I find it to be gross, but um, you know, I, I think I would I would argue that you and I are in the minority in terms of guys. Like I, I think there are a lot of guys that be like, oh man, she's so hot. It's not my not my cup of tea, but you know, I'm I'm bald and I'm five foot eight. So what the hell does that mean? Well, I mean, just by pure. I know you're married, but but just by pure attraction, if you weren't no. like. No, not my type. That does not do anything for me. Like big fake lips, big fake breasts. The whole thing is just like produced by yeah, surgery. Right. It's so weird to me. I like, uh, you know, if if I were to build a composite, I can't remember, but um, like the Blake Lively, I think is very pretty. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll give like, you that. Yeah, um, you know, like Jennifer Aniston in her in her heyday. I, I in, you know, I don't really didn't get much better than that. Aunt Becky in her heyday before her, yeah, prison, her yeah. prison sentence. Like those were, yeah, yeah, pretty without the need for makeup I, yeah. or, or enhancements That's for it. sure. Pretty face, pretty face. Yeah, yep. So there you go. That so, Brad, you and I are on the same page there. It's good. It's good to know. Nice. There you go. Um, let me look. Uh, anything else in San Francisco? I don't really think so. I, I think you and I both agree. And actually, before the season, I think we both, Brad, I think we both picked San Francisco to be a um, a wild card, if not in the wild card, like a like a competitor to be in in that chase. Um, but you I know, believe we may have, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Gosh, I can't. I, I should have gone back and looked at that because we both like Seattle. We both like San Francisco, and I think where we left it was that we we didn't pick um, three to come out of, uh, out of that division, but we thought that it was very possible that you know the, the NFC West could get three um, playoff teams, and they, and they ended up with two. They got the Rams and the Seahawks. So if uh, if Garoppolo didn't get hurt, if they didn't lose their entire skill player, <laughs> the skill set, right, right, you know, and maybe they could. By the way, that better. thing. That thing was so unnecessary. He stayed in for another not even half a yard and just got leveled. I mean, that was just so stupid. You're talking about um, Garoppolo? 
Garoppolo's injury, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's how Tom Brady's career got started. Bledsoe doing the same kind of thing. Oh, right, right. You know, it's uh, it, it is, and that's the that's the criticism, Brad. You and I both have made about RG three in the past when he was like all the rage. It's like, dude, you're taking you're you're staying in in bounds for half yard. That's not. What are you doing? You know, I understand the competitive like fire. I get it, but the problem is, that, like, there's a switch that needs to be flipped. You know, it's a fight or flight kind of instinct kind of thing. And what you know, the 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 quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks, but I would argue, like, you know, important players running backs, whoever, um, that extra half yard isn't worth the risk of be, of losing your talent for multiple right. games. You know, right. it's, it's not, it's not weak. It's not weakness. It's not being a wuss running out of bounds and not taking that hit. It's ensuring that your team has your talent. It's being a good teammate right, right? now. Now look, if it's the fourth quarter, you're talking about a playoff berth. Yeah, you're talking you about a fight for every inch. I you, give you, I give you that. And you're fighting for a first down. I'm cool with that. But if you're talking about, come on, man, it's like the third quarter, you know, it's, it's kind of a tie game. You already have the first down that half yard doesn't mean anything. Run out of bounds or throw it away. Just do, you know, do that. Right. Preserve yourself. Live to fight another day. But anyway, um, shame on shame on him. Right. And yeah. the, and it derailed the team season. You know, what does that toughness get you? Uh, it got you nothing. And it it's almost it's I know it's as cliche, but you're you know, if you don't fight, you're almost tougher, right, than the guy that, that wants to fight for no reason. Well, I know you you're know? saying like, that. For, for, for You're probably going to just play that soundbite over and over again to every, on every date that you go out with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no girl. kidding. Uh, every natural beauty that you go out with, Brad. Yeah, no more. I'm done, dude. <laughs> you're still? Yeah, you're still on the uh, hiatus, Oh, eh? yeah, dude. There's no way I'm dealing with any of these people. Oh, my God. Yeah. You want to not enjoy your life? Get a girlfriend. <laughs> Listen to me out there. You want your life to be terrible? Get a girlfriend. <laughs> I don't. Hey, man, it's hard for me to argue with that. It's, it's so brutal, man. These people are just incredible. Yeah, you know, my wife when I when she and I met, we were in very similar. We were we were both and um, we had both gotten out of a of a relationship. You know, in the in the you know the recent months, and neither one of us really, I don't think, took each other that seriously to begin with. And yeah. I think that's the secret to, to yeah, why I mean, we've been no, a good couple. No, I think you're right. You know, when you don't really care, then, then something good comes your way. Yeah. And, um, and it, we were in the right, the right frame of mind. We were, you know, both, I think, you know, I think I was just over 30. She was approaching her thirties and it's just like, you know, enough of the, the bullshit really. It's like, you know, let's, you know, are you, are you going to like, do you want to be married someday? Maybe not to me. Maybe not right now. Someday. Do you want to have kids someday? We're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, then I guess we can keep dating and kind of seeing what's going on. Sure. And, um, and she was of that same thing. And over time, it just, you know, it just worked out. And so. Yeah, blossom. Well, good for you, man. I'm not saying it's not possible. Yeah. But um, yeah, if someone's not on the same page. Take a yeah, break. Watch out. Take a yeah, break. Yeah, break is nice, man. I keep all my money. The, <laughs> the ability for me to... Or the the want or the need to spend one cent on somebody I don't care about <laughs> sounds like a kick to the schnutz while you're at the dentist. You know what I mean? Oh, speaking of money, I put money on the Clippers last night, and they had the greatest oh. comeback in NBA playoff history. <laughs> yeah, how man, much you went on that bet? one? Uh, it was a small bet, man. Yeah. And you know, I only needed them to cover, not win. Yeah, and I ended up winning. But I watched the first half. They were playing the worst brand of basketball I ever seen anybody play. It was I, I was like, this is the worst team I've ever seen. 
They were terrible. I turned the thing off and I woke up the next day. I couldn't believe it. And money in your account. Money in my account. I can't I can't even understand how they managed that. So I better good. not I'll get hit by a bus today. That's too good of a thing to happen to me. <laughs> all right, Costanza. Yeah, right. Can't stand you. Uh, all right. Let's let's uh, finish this up with the Seahawks here. So Russell Wilson, um, you know, coming into the season, I again I think correctly predicted that um, you know I did not like Schottenheimer's offense uh, for the system, but I did think that the running game was going to work. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, had a decent a decent um, season in terms of of yards, um, but not what you would expect like a high flying offense, right? He didn't mm-hmm. eclipse four thousand. But Brad, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you these numbers. 65.6% completion. Really nice, yep. right? Yep. 3,400 in today's NFL. Eh, you know, it's kind of yep. average, below yep. average. 35 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Right, dude, right. And, and you know, let's get back to that 3,500. We've said this many times. Kirk Cousins can throw for 4,500. Russell Wilson can throw for 3,500. And his are, are all the more valuable. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're all important yards, and they're all in the they're fourth all quarter. They all matter. He'll put up like 60 yards in the first three quarters and then 300 in the, in the I know. He is like that, isn't he? Yeah. Well, you, you wonder you wonder where that 140 mil comes from. 65% and a 5-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, and he gets them into the playoffs again last year. And what was a, not a rebuild, but kind of a retool year for Seattle. So good for And we both, by the way, Brad, you and me both picked um Seattle to beat Dallas in that playoff game I think it was 24 to 22 Dallas that was like one of I think the 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 two or three misses that you had in the playoffs last year because you were no, dialed I think in. I hit that one. Oh, they covered you're right we we picked them to win but we actually got the cover you're right we did hit that right one. right so anyway um you know we you Brad both you and I thought that Seattle was dangerous to end the year there uh, because their defense was playing a little bit better and they could run the ball and speaking of run you know the uh, Rashad Penny was all the the rage coming out of the NFL draft again my guide says hey pump the brakes on that let's let's you know evaluate the situation um you know I was Brad on a personal level Brad I was getting nailed nailed for saying Chris Carson should be um, well thought of in fantasy circles everybody was like giving me grief about it just because that's what the trolls do yeah. Um, they, they, by the way, they didn't come back and tell me I was right. So just want to, just want to throw nice. that out there. I, I'm still waiting on, I'm still waiting on all the trolls to come back and be like, Oh, Hey, you know, Sean, you're right about that. But, um, you know, Chris Carson, 14 games, 1159 yards, nine touchdowns, 4.7 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Um, not too many in the target and reception, uh, area, but that's not what they were using them for. Right. So they really gave most of the receptions actually to Mike Davis, who also got more carries than Rashad, mm. <laughs> Rashad Penny. Uh, Mike Davis, 112 carries. So, but anyway, basically what you have um, in Seattle, um, let's say this. Uh, when we were doing our, our preview, I said in uh, the 2017 Seattle Seahawks, the leading rusher was Russell Wilson. And I said, that can't happen. That just sure. can't happen. And that's why I understood why they brought in Schottenheimer. I didn't love the move, but I, I get it because Schottenheimer's got a running game everywhere he's gone. Well, now this past year, Brad, uh, the Seahawks get have uh, three running backs. Their top three running backs got averaged – 4.7, 4.6, and 4.9 mm. yards per carry. Mm. Everybody who ran the ball, if they ran the ball in theory, you know, just all three downs, they would have been able to, to move the chains everywhere. So, <laughs> right, right. you know, I mean, that, that's that's a really nice when not only is it four, they're all above four and a half. That's pretty damn good, man. Right. That's pretty That's damn unheard good. of. Yeah. Um, then the receiver, uh, I would say that the, uh, you know, the um, the keys or the, the seat of the throne has officially... Um, 
the crown has been passed from Doug Baldwin to uh, to Tyler Lockett in this offense. Baldwin played 13 games. Uh, you know, his face is on a milk carton. 73 targets. It's like six targets a game. Um, 50 receptions. We were talking about about four receptions a game there. Uh, just some rough math. 618 yards, five touchdowns. And he got a, a, the bulk of those, like, I think later. I think he had a couple of two-touchdown games later in the year in the second half. Uh, whereas Tyler Lockett, he was almost catching a touchdown every week for a little bit there. Uh, 16 games, 14 starts, 70 targets, which, you know, his target numbers were down, but his receptions were 57 out of those 70 targets, 965 yards, 10 touchdowns. Mm. And they spread the ball around. So, you know, this is, um, you know, this is a three three yards in a cloud of dust type offense, or should I say four and a half yards in a cloud of dust? Uh, the team can run the ball. If they can keep the, the yards per uh, carry average at what they're doing, I think they're going to be very successful. And look, man, if Russell Wilson can keep a five to one touchdown interception ratio they're gonna be doing just fine right sky's the limit for sure well i think we can probably tie the episode up there so everybody hey go out get paid